Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What's up, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Sunday night, watch, watch would be strong. Turned it off in the fourth quarter. Cowboy beatdown of the old Jeff Saturday Colts. lot going on today. Big injury. Cowboys are good. Colts are not. Jim Harbaugh to Indy. Dive into that. Uh, NFC, do they become wide open today with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury? Eagles are rolling. Cowboys are rolling. Minnesota's rolling. Uh, so it's basically a three-team race. We'll dive into the NFC. The Bengals get a big win against the Chiefs. That was cool. Uh, Joe Burrow's a baller. And Deion Sanders went to the University of Colorado. What uh, I got a lot of respect. I'll give some thoughts on that. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Fire in those DMs for the Middlecoff mailbag. If you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. Because that's separate. So if you listen to me on Collins Feet, subscribe to Three and Out Podcast. Greatly appreciate everybody. And uh, and yeah, let's dive into some football. Well, I, anytime you know Sunday Night Football is the number one show in America for a reason. It typically has the best games, right? Tom Brady's, the Peyton Mannings, the Mahomes. I mean, it's a star-studded event. You usually don't sign up. For I was going to say Al Michaels, but Al left Chris, so Tarico and uh, and Collinsworth for fifty four to nineteen. That was we'll get into Indy in a second. Let's start with Dallas. It's pretty clear the Eagles who are rolling are going to be the number one seed. Dallas is now playing for seeding as a wild card, and with the Giants and Washington tying, they're going to be the fifth seed. But like it's Dallas was a playoff team last year. It was pretty clear early this season was going to be a playoff team this year. To me, we're judging them like, can they make a run? Because last year, thought they had a pretty good team too. And then the Niners beat them in the first round as like a five point favorite at home. That's it was unacceptable. I mean, it was honestly, it was pretty embarrassing. Dak didn't play that well. McCarthy, the team, the penalties, their defense, you know, I wouldn't say overrated, but it, it didn't show up in that game when it when they needed it the most. You know, Tony Pollard clearly hasn't wasn't what he is now. This team that I've watched this year, obviously tonight against Indy, but just start to finish, is a better team. And obviously, they're a defensive-led team with two really good, I guess, one really good running back and Zeke. 
and, and Dak's solid. But like Dak, we all know at this point, high level guy, solid starting quarterback. We could argue how much he should be making, whatever. But you can win with a guy like that if you stack the team. And to me, when I watch their defense, like Dallas is going to have to win if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. And I believe they can. Like they have a really, really good team. And when you have really reliable running backs, a physical offense, and an high-level excellent defense, you can make things happen in the playoffs. Like, this is not... To me, this year's team is better than last year's team. And I think one thing when you watch their defense, their team's speed is fantastic. We all know Micah Parsons, right? The defensive player of the year is basically a two-horse race. Micah Parsons versus Nick Bosa. Both guys, elite guys, if they were free agents, they'd get quarterback money. It's stupid how good they are. But when you watch the other players on Dallas's defense, to me, the team speed top to bottom and your linebacking play, typically like the speed of your defense, you really feel it that way. And I feel like, especially their DBs as well, this is a defense that can make a run in the playoffs. And then offensively, I was always a Mari Cooper guy. I still am. I think he's a solid player. But there is a little bit of a softness to Amari. And clearly, Amari was their best wide receiver for years when he was on the Cowboys. You remove him, it does feel like they've become a little more balanced without Amari. They've become a little more CD heavy. Now Gallup's back. Tony Pollard has emerged as a star. They just feel like a well-balanced operation. Now, ultimately, it's going to come down to two people. Can Dak play well enough, not turn the ball over in the playoff games? And can Mike McCarthy coach well? And when I say that, have the team prepared, no penalties, be buttoned up. I mean, last year against the 49ers in that playoff game, every other play was an offsize by the defensive lineman. It was like, what is going Randy Gregory, line up three inches on the other side. And if the talent is not their issue, effort has not been their issue. I'd say this year, focus has not been their issue, right? Dak got hurt. They did not skip a beat. Depth has not been their issue. That is a really good team. This is a team, to me, that can make noise in the NFC. And we'll get to the NFC. It's pretty wide open. Because the best team in the NFC is going to be, like, the Cowboys are not going to be intimidated by the Eagles. That doesn't mean they are as good as the Eagles, but they will look at them like an equal. They will look at them knowing that they can beat them. Whether they do or not, they obviously play one more time this season in Dallas. And then, you know, it's not inconceivable that the NFC Championship is Eagles-Cowboys. I'll promise you this. If that's the game, that'll do some big-time television ratings. I've been impressed with Dallas all season long. Was really impressed with them tonight. Just in the way, like, do you know what a good team does to a shitty team? They kick the living crap out of them. And 54-19, to 19, honestly, it's not even, that, that score, it's hard to even believe that. How many NFL games over the last, like, 10 years does a team score over 50 points? That's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, very, very impressive win by Dallas. I'm not going to break down the Indianapolis Colts. Not only do I not care, they don't deserve it. They stink. They're a boring watch. They're a hard watch. Matt Ryan, after that first start against the Raiders, <clears throat> has come back to earth. I mean, just throw a couple terrible interception today. I mean, with I wouldn't say the game in the balance, but he's a shell of himself. He's a player whose arrow's pointing down. And more than likely, if you tell me he retires after the season, I would believe you. Colts are not any good. But the Colts don't have a coach. Obviously, Jeff Saturday is their interim coach. You saw on the, if you watched the Cowboy game long enough, there was a quip, a clip what looked like Chris Ballard was going to head down to the field after they started getting their ass kicked. There was a story that came out today 
that Jim Harbaugh, that teams are doing their due diligence on Jim Harbaugh. And I, I think the the verbatim in the article was like, he would be interested for, if the right spot and if it made sense. And Jim Harbaugh is in the ring of honor for the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Harbaugh has, like, you don't need to do due diligence on Jim Harbaugh. When you sign Jim Harbaugh as your head coach, you win. Whether you're at the University of San Diego, whether you're at Stanford, whether you're the 49ers, or whether you're the Michigan Wolverines. You know why? Because Jim Harbaugh is a winner. His shittiest seasons at Michigan were like 8-5. and five. His shittiest season in the NFL was 8-8. Eight and eight. All the guy does is win. And now that he has Michigan rolling, back-to-back playoffs. And let's face it, when you look at the brackets, he's probably going to be in the national championship with a chance to avenge his loss to Georgia. Now, I think Georgia's better than his team, but I don't think it's inconceivable that Jim Harbaugh wins a national championship this season. And the Indianapolis Colts, remember, years ago, I think before they hired Chris Ballard, when Ryan Grixon was still their general manager, and they were thinking about firing uh, Chuck Pagano, they had sniffed around at Jim Harbaugh. And they were sniffing around at John Gruden. Their owner, who's a little bit of a whack job, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, has had these grand visions before. And he kind of did five years ago when he told Chris to go hire Josh McDaniels. And it blew up in their face. And I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is Jim Harbaugh or John Gruden in terms of fame, but that would have been a really, really big hire at the time. And to me, the Colts make a lot of sense for Jim Harbaugh. Like, Jim Harbaugh in Indianapolis... I mean, I, I, if I'm Jim Irsay in the Indianapolis Colts, I offer him the job. Whenever the season ends, whenever he's comfortable talking to me, there is no due diligence that needs to take place. Like, it's like uh, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, you know, Trent Williams, those guys are on the free agent market. <clears throat> you don't do due diligence. You just offer them the amount of money that you hope they accept. Like, Aaron Judge right now is a free agent. No one's doing any due diligence on Aaron Judge. Like when LeBron's a free agent, you just sign him if you have the opportunity. There's no due diligence to be done. Now, the question would be, if Jim Harbaugh would not only be interested, but would accept your job, would he work with Chris Ballard? Because I would imagine he has a general manager that he would want to work with. And that would probably say bye-bye to Chris Ballard. And me personally, I think Chris Ballard's pretty good at the job. I think he's done a really good job over the years of of drafting, signing, trading, making good moves as general manager. But like when you don't win and your team eventually sucks, even if you're good at your job, you get put in a position by the owner where he's going looking at different coaches that you might not be your choice. And a coach, if he's willing to take the job, might not want to work with you. So to me, Jim Harbaugh and the Indianapolis Colts makes too much sense. I think the only question is, one, would he take the job? Two, if he did take the job, does that mean bye-bye for Chris Ballard? But we're no longer breaking down Indianapolis Colts games. Uh, they, they suck too much. I would say the big news today, clearly, well, two, two quarterbacks got hurt. As of now, I don't have like concrete information. I don't think anyone does on, on Lamar's injury. They've won games before with Tyler Huntley, who is pretty crazy. I didn't think Tyler Huntley was that good in college. Yeah, when I watched him, I like him more in the NFL than I did when he played at Utah. But if Lamar has a serious injury, obviously that's a major story. But Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot out for the season. And I don't know if I viewed the 49ers as the favorite in the NFC. 
because I think the Eagles have earned that, that they've played the best start to finish and, you know, they have a complete team. But the 49ers could go to Philly and beat them with Jimmy Garoppolo. That goes out the window. Uh, I I saw a a social clip, I I think Colin recorded after that game, and like, listen, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're no longer a Super Bowl contender. And And I tend to agree. Even though the way the 49ers play is not necessarily dependent on a quarterback like the Bengals, like the Bills, like the Chiefs. Hell, today, Brock Purdy played a Jimmy-like game. 25 completions, threw a couple touchdowns, but it's difficult. Like, I don't see any way, any circumstance, that they could win multiple playoff games with Brock Purdy. If they did, it'd be one of the most incredible accomplishments I've ever seen. So that opens up, which, let's face it, was already a wide-open NFC. The Eagles dismantle Tennessee, win easily. They're going to be the one seed. The NFC is going to go through Philly. And because of the wild card rules now, you know, only one team gets the bye. They're only going to have to win two games. And depending on how this plays out, they already have a two-game lead on Dallas, that they might have nothing to play for week 18. So who knows? Maybe they rest their guys for a couple weeks. And that's backfired before. Time will tell. But we all have to agree at this point. They're the clear favorite. The NFC is going to run through Philly. And now with the 49ers gone... It's basically, to me, a three-team race. You have the Philadelphia Eagles, who, really good. You have the Minnesota Vikings, which, I gotta say, I was impressed today. One, I think the Jets are pretty good. Like, I think the Jets, defensively, they're fantastic. I didn't realize how hard-hitting their safeties were. I knew how good their defensive line was. I think their linebackers are fantastic. They were crushing people today. I was like, I I was really, really impressed with the Jets. On the road, down early, came fighting back. Had a chance with Mike White multiple times to win that game. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, even when he has an incompletion, even when Cousin misses him, I go, God damn, that guy's good. He he is probably non-quarterback, top five player in the NFL. Their running game, I mean, we know how good Dalvin Cook is. Madison, the running back from Boise State, I mean, he's been in the league a while now, is fantastic. So they have multiple runners. We know how good their wide receivers are. Cousins has played much better. Their defense was making plays today. Now, granted, it was against Mike White. I think Minnesota's really good. And more than likely, they're going to be the two seed because obviously Dallas, if they don't win the division, they're just automatic wild card. That's a tough place to play. So if you're the two seed, you basically have two home games until you have to face Philly. I, I think between them and Dallas, just given one, one problem for Dallas is they're going to have to win three straight road games to win the NFC, right? If they're the five seed, you got to go 5-4. Now, they're going to play Tampa. We'll see Tampa play Monday Night Football. I think Tampa stinks. Dallas going to be favored in that game. Should win that game, even though it'd be a little tight playing Tom Brady, but whatever. Then you probably got to play Minnesota. Then you got to play Philly. Like, that is three tough. Tom Brady, Minnesota, Philly. Like, that's a tough road. I saw it last year with the 49ers. Three straight road games, it's just very, very difficult to do. But to me, those are the only three teams that can win the NFC. Philly, obviously Minnesota, and Dallas. And honestly, you could argue that Dallas is every bit, if not a little bit better than Minnesota. I actually trust probably Dak a little bit more than Cousins. Even though I was watching today go, you know, I've given Cousins a lot of shit over the years. He's vastly improved. He's much better than the quarterback than I know that I'm guilty of, that the way that a lot of us talk about the guy. Because for whatever reason, we don't want to like him. Even though he kind of become a little bit looser, a little bit funnier. Obviously, the videos this year on the plane. But you know what I mean. 
I just think it's our natural inclination to not really like Cousins. Where Dak, I think our natural inclination is kind of to root for Dak, even though we watch him, we go, I don't know how good he is, but I want this guy to succeed. It's bizarre. Even though both of them on the rankings are kind of the same guy. You know, they're both like 9 and 10 or 10 and 11. Uh, but their teams are really good. And it's who do you trust more? Mike McCarthy, who's been doing it longer, or Kevin O'Connell, who's never done it. But Philly, clear favorite. And then those teams, none of the other teams can win it. You, you cannot win the NFC if Brock Purdy is your coach. Or, I mean, your quarterback. I'm sorry, Giants in Washington. I no longer take you guys that seriously. You guys tied. And I never took either one of them. I, honestly, I still don't think the Giants can make the playoffs, but I actually factored in them to lose this game. I think they play the Eagles next week, and then they play the Commanders again in Washington. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Giants could go bye-bye really quick. In uh, Seattle, somehow, is like sneaky still alive. Seattle won the day, last-minute drive, game-winning touchdown to DK. Then they play Carolina. Then on a short week at home, they get Brock Purdy in the 49ers. So who knows? The, the Seattle technically could still win the division. I think we all agree that they are not an NFC, a team that can win the NFC. They're not. They can't. Though, they do have a top pick because the Broncos keep losing. I think they have the fourth pick in the draft right now. I think the Lions have the third pick and the Broncos are giving the Seattle Seahawks the fourth pick. That That is currently the Bears two and the Texans number one. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code COLIN for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, 
I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The other game I watched a lot of the day, because it was on, I had two TVs going, the Bengals-Chiefs game. And we talked about this game coming into the coming into the week. This was a fantastic game. And every time I looked up, it lived up to the billing. The physicality of the game, uh, the big plays in the game. I mean, Mahomes, like helicopter touchdown, <clears throat> the forced fumble on Kelsey. The Bengals are really good. I mean, I, I, I am blown away by the character of the team. Like, they were 0-2. It felt like, God, this is maybe it's just kind of a letdown season. They'll just be like a nine-win team. And they have battled their ass off, and now they're in position to win that division. <clears throat> I didn't watch much of Ravens-Broncos. Actually, I didn't watch any. Because I, I wouldn't want any human being to watch Ravens-Broncos. I look up, it's 3 nothing. I'm like, who's watching this game? What a, what a terrible football game. Obviously, the Ravens were able to win with Huntley once you know Lamar went out. Uh, but like the Bengals, to me, are better than the Ravens. And obviously, Joe Burrow is a big reason why. And what did we talk about coming in? What was so cool about these conference rivalries is like Josh Allen and Mahomes is a legit rivalry. It's not quite at the level, obviously, Mahomes, or I mean, Brady and Manning had so long, like a decade and a half worth of multiple games every single year. And now we're getting that with Mahomes and Allen. Kind of sneaky starting to get that with Cincinnati and Kansas City. Cincinnati has beat them three straight times. And today, to win a game, when you are losing going into the fourth quarter, and that one thing about Cincinnati, we talked, so Jamar Chase early on in that game was like, geez, is this guy Jerry Rice? Dominating. The, the Chiefs came out really slow. They were up 14-3 to like that, the, the Bengals. And at first, what's the second? It's like, are they going to win this game like 35-20 to 20 and just kind of kick their ass? Obviously, Kansas City came storming back. <clears throat> Cincinnati's defense is really, really solid. I think we all, and I'm a casual, like I'm not watching every single snap every single week of Cincinnati, but if you just talk to someone at a bar or talk to a buddy on the phone about the Bengals, what are you going to talk to them about, right? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Mixon, you talk about the offense. Really, their defense is the reason they have been so competitive this year. Their defense in the second half of these games, Lou, I don't want to screw up his last name, Italian guy. He's doing a really, really good job as a defensive coordinator. And to have back-to-back years of beating this team when you were losing to them, right? Like, last year, they were getting their ass kicked in the first half, came storming back and win. This year, they're losing, going in 24-17 to in the fourth quarter. And to come back and win that game, that, that, is, that is a massive... Ma- you could argue 
That's the biggest win of the season so far. Because you could go, well, the Bills beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. True, but the Bills have beat them before. Now, this isn't the playoffs, but the Bengals, I don't want to say that we thought they weren't real because clearly they've been playing really well. But to win that game today, I I didn't gamble on the game. If I did, I would have bet on the Chiefs. And I said it, I, I thought the Chiefs would come out guns blazing. And not only did they not come out guns blazing, they were behind early on. The Bengals were the team that showed up to play. The Bengals... I'm blown away how good they are. And I think it speaks to, obviously, the quarterback. I mean, he's just, uh, he's an incredible player. And and I need to do a better job of putting Burrow when I say Mahomes and Allen. I, I need to. It's because if you're going to put Allen with Mahomes, <clears throat> it's not like, what what has Allen actually accomplished, right? Now, it wasn't his fault that they lost last year in the second round. He threw five touchdowns. The defense blew it. But I just put him there. So if I'm going to just say Mahomes and Allen... I have to put Joe Burrow there. And I think we all have to agree, like, something's off with the Ravens. And Lamar, you know, early on in the season, his first month was awesome. He was kicking everyone's ass. Hasn't quite been the same. Now he's banged up. Like, do do the Ravens have the best quarterback in that division? I, I think we'd all agree I would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. And I like Lamar Jackson. But that's going to be a problem for the Ravens, big picture moving forward. Like, they don't have the best player in their division. A guy that won the MVP like three years ago. A guy that took the league by storm. And now the Bengals have the best quarterback in the division. He's like 25, 26 years old, going nowhere and kicking everyone's ass. So if I'm a Bengal fan, I'd be pretty fired up. Headed to work or you fire into my home office tomorrow. And last but not least, Deion Sanders. I have so much respect for what this guy just did. <clears throat> I remember years ago, Marshall Falk wanted to be a coach. I remember he's like, I, I want to be a coach. They're like, well, go work for a team. He's like, no, I want to be a head coach. Like, bro, you, you got to start as like a running back coach or something. Hell, even an offensive coordinator. No, I only want to be the head coach. It's like, well, you're not going to get an NFL job. No one's going to hire you to just be an NFL head coach. And that's just the way the world works, right? Everyone freaked out about Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday got eight games. He's never going to be a head coach in the NFL ever again. If he ever wants to do it, he's going to have to be an offensive line coach. And I would guess, more than likely, he's not going to do that. Could be wrong. Who knows? Deion Sanders, one of the best players in the history of the NFL. And for pound-for-pound athlete, you could argue he's a top five athlete in the history of America, right? Baseball, football, Even he said if he would have focused more on baseball, he would have been better. I tend to agree. He obviously is, you know, I think Manny considered the greatest shutdown corner of all time. Just an all-time great player. And he went to Jackson State. I got news for you. When people on Twitter act like nobody has watched them play a snap, nobody is watching his team play. Except like Portnoy and maybe some of the barstool guys that go hang out with him. Nobody's watched this team play. Nobody of his stature would have done that. Like, I I am so blown away that he went there, did that, and then he had success. And then, like, last year, he was interviewing for TCU, Colorado State. He was willing to take other jobs, right? Like, he wasn't just doing this to kind of screw around, lower level, coach his kid, and then just take off. Like, no, he really wants to be a head coach. Sniffing around Auburn, interviewed with Colorado. Actually, I think Colorado basically just offered him the job. And I was like, I listen, 
I love West Coast football. I root for West Coast football. I think that's a terrible job. It's god-awful. There's no recruiting in the state. The conference now, Washington's rolling. Oregon's rolling. Lincoln's now at USC. Even Chip at UCLA is solid. Uh, I mean, Kyle Whittingham's the best coach of the group. Utah's kicking ass and taking names. Hell, even Arizona's on the come-up. Colorado, I wouldn't have touched that with a 10-foot pole if I was just a random coach that all my money was just becoming a coach. Like, Dion doesn't need to do this financially. Yet he took the job. So he went, started at an HBCU, uh, kicked everyone's ass. When I, Listen, I, it sounds way sexier now that he did it, and I know a couple other people did it. Rich Rod did it. I think Eddie George did it. No one was doing that before Dion did it. And then he shook everything up by landing the dude that was supposed to go to Florida State and now he went to Colorado? Like, if he had accepted the Oregon job, I know he he didn't get the TCU job because Sonny Dykes said, those would have made sense. Like, you could win at Auburn. You could win at TCU. If Florida State would have hired him, obviously he went there. You could win at Florida State. I don't know if you could win at Colorado. He doesn't give a fuck. He ain't scared of shit. I just watched for seven minutes him talking to the team. You could see all these dudes. He was basically telling them, like, I'm going to cut some of you. He approaches it like an NFL guy. And here's the thing, in college football now, besides like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and Kirby Smart, a small, small group of guys, most coaches are scared to like get on guys. And I've heard this talking to my friends that coach at different schools, because if you coach a guy hard, he might just transfer. And, and, and I think part of it is a lot of coaches, unless you have a lot of pelts on the wall, and, and most coaches don't, you're just, there, there's somewhat of an insecurity now that you don't control. Like a guy can leave at any moment. You watch Deion Sanders talks to the kids. You follow Deion Sanders on social media. He ain't scared of any of this. You want to transfer? See ya. Deuces. He is going to go there. Now, here's the thing. Can Deion manage a game? Can Deion timeouts at the end of halves? I don't know. I got news for you. No one knows because no one's watched him coach there. And he's had a better team clearly than the teams he's been playing. He went undefeated this year. We're going to find out now, but he's going to get talent there. And what did I say about college football last week? It's much more, just, just to be competitive, because that's he's not going to be trying to win 11, 12 games right off the bat. But if he can just get to 500, I mean, this team, I'm pretty sure they just won one game. They've been one of the worst programs in the country for the last four or five years. They've been, they were a joke. If he were to go 6-6 six and six in year one, that'd be an incredible accomplishment. If he were to win eight or nine games within two years, he might, when they fire Sark, he might just be the Texas head coach. Now, I have some questions like who is going to be his offensive coordinator? Who is going to be his defensive coordinator? His son is going to be the quarterback, even though he said, I think he pointed at him at his press conference, and then he kind of joked. He's like, well, he's got to earn the job. His son's going to be the quarterback. I don't know how good this guy is. Like, You do got to play Utah. You do got to play Oregon. You do got to play Washington. It's going to be fascinating to watch this. But the Pac-12, which, and rightfully so, got drugged through the mud. Everyone and their mother that follows football made fun of it. Finally feels like it has a little momentum, which is ironic because USC and UCLA are about to leave. Washington's good, like I said. Oregon's good. Obviously, Lincoln Riley. Utah's kicking everyone's ass, and I I think they're going to win the Rose Bowl when they beat Penn State. And now they got Deion Sanders, who, when I watched him talk to his team, you know the thing I respect about him most? It's just he cares. Like, football means a lot to him. Like, he really wants to do this. Like, this is not just some passion project that he's screwing around with. This means something to him. And this is why so many former players that get 
you know, Dion was a little bit before the huge money, but Dion's still pretty damn rich. That they don't need to do this because there is a lot of it takes a lot of work, especially college football, recruiting, the transfer portal, dealing with coaches, dealing with administrators. It's hard. And and then, you know, during the season, like you either win or lose. And first year, Dion, who knows? Their team might not be that good. They might lose. You you might get people making fun. He doesn't care. Like the guy's confidence is probably, he's probably one of the more confident individuals in the history of sports. But it's going to be a fascinating just thing to watch. Because if he can resurrect this football program, he might be the best player. If he has success at Colorado, Best player to ever coach, at least in my generation. I know back in the day, like Dick LeBeau was a, you know, <clears throat> a Hall of Famer, but like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady's, Darrell Revis's. I mean, think of all the Hall of Fame level players over the last 20 years that made all this money. They never coaching. Not, not, not a Power Five program or the NFL. It's too much work. It's not worth the headache when you have that much money in the bank. Primetime doesn't give a crap. <laughs> volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.